All right, guys. Y'all go ahead and make your way back to your seats. Love the conversation that's happening. Sorry, I have to kill it. But y'all go ahead and make your way back to your seats. Hey, I'm going to invite y'all to turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. There is a Bible underneath your chair or the one next to you if you don't have one. Uh, And if you don't have one at all, you can take that Bible home with you. That is our gift to you guys. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. And while you're turning there, I will introduce myself. My name is Jay Freimeyer, and I'm on staff here at the church. If you're a guest with us this morning, as Vicki mentioned, we're so glad that you're here, that you would join us this morning um, for, for worship this morning. So we're so thankful that you're here. Um, okay, so if you're not there yet, you will be soon. And also the verses will be up here on the screens as well for you. So I'm going to read in Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful this morning for your word, and we're thankful that your word is true. We're thankful that you have sent Jesus to die on the cross on our behalf, that we now have life, we have new life in you. And after that, you sent your spirit who is with us even today. And so we don't have to walk through life alone. We have your spirit and we have each other. And so we're asking that you meet us here this morning, that you illuminate the words of scripture for us and you glorify yourself. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, so growing up in church and in my time in college, I remember uh, being a part of conferences or retreats or whatever, and every now and then uh, the pastor or preacher would get up and he would say the, this mo- the most outrageously awkward and uncomfortable thing at the very beginning of the sermon. And the thinking behind this was that you would say something really awkward and uncomfortable at the beginning so that anything he said after that, it wouldn't be near as awkward or uncomfortable, okay? So you know what's coming, right? So I'm going to be that awkward preacher guy, but not for the reason uh, that you might think. Uh, This morning, we are going to talk about money. And more specifically, we are going to talk about you all giving to Providence Road. And more specific than that, we're going to talk about you giving to Providence Road above and beyond your regular gifts and contributions. All right, so, so there it is. Is that awkward? You feel good? We all, we all okay? It, it's not going to get more awkward than that, guys. Uh, here's the deal. I'm not beginning that way this morning because it's awkward. Though if you've been with us the last two weeks... Uh, you'll you'll realize that as we talk about money and greed and the idolatry in our hearts uh, in these things, it can make us squirm a little bit, can it, as we talk about these things. I mention it here at the front end for the sake of clarity. Two weeks ago, we told you 
this would be coming. And last week we gave you a little bit more uh, in sharing that this would be coming. And now here we are. And so all I really want to do this morning is stand up, and hear, stand up here and say, do you believe that God is real? Do you believe that God is with us this morning? And do you believe that God is, is with the people of Providence Road? He's, he's for us, he's with us, and he's working through us. You believe that? Okay, we need $185,000 and just walk off the stage. That's, that's what I want to do. But I feel that I owe you a little more than that. I worked all week long not just to say that. So here we go. This is not a fundraising banquet, and your primary purpose for being here this morning is not to hear a pitch for you to give to our cause. And so that's not what you're going to hear this morning. What I hope to do for you this morning is to look at God's extravagant love for his people and the way in which he works within us. We will look specifically at the power of God, and we'll look at ways the power of God and the presence of God have been at work in the people of Providence Road. From there, we'll get super practical, and we will talk about our needs as a church, and we'll ask you to consider partnering with us. And so just for clarity's sake, listen, I'm not trying to uh, emotionalize all of this and twist your arm into giving. We're just going to proclaim the truths of Jesus. We're going to share with you our need, and we're going to ask you to partner with us. So we've said this over and over in this series. If you're a guest with us this morning, we don't want your money. Did you hear that loud and clear? If you are new today, or if you are a guest this morning, we do not want your money, okay? You are going to hear how God has been at work in the people of Providence Road over our short lifespan. And you're going to, to hear about the special community that we believe he's formed and is forming, is continuing to form in us. And you're going to hear the gospel message. You've already heard it. Before I even came up here, we sang it over and over this morning. The truths of what Jesus has done for us. And if you leave this morning and that's all you hear, and you don't give a dime, that is a win. We want you to hear that. So if you're a guest, just sit with us this morning, hear the truths of Jesus and what he's done, and that's all. So now we'll get to our text, Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. So Paul begins in verse 14 with, for this reason, and he's really just picking up from verse 1, where he also says, for this reason. So he began a thought in Chapter 3, verse 1, he got sidetracked like a preacher typically does, and he comes back to verse 14, and he says it again. So then we are directed back to chapter 2. For what reason, we must ask, is Paul about to proclaim this prayer? And so I'm going to direct us to Ephesians 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh. Verse 12, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Just before that, in the first 10 verses of chapter two, God's gracious saving work is recounted for them. You were dead in your sin. You were children of wrath like the rest of mankind in verse four and five. But God being rich in his mercy because of the great love with which he, he loved us, he made us alive together with Christ. For this reason, now, chapter 3, verse 14, salvation has come to you, hope has been brought to the hopeless, that you have been brought near to God through the blood of Christ. For this reason, he says, I bow my knees before the Father. So who, who is this Father? Who's he praying to? He says, the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. 
So he's making a case here for the power of God and the sovereignty of God over all things. He's giving confidence to his readers, to us today, that our God is sovereign over all things. Colossians 1.16, all things are created by him, through him, and for him. Furthermore, next verse, God is not lacking in his glory. Paul prays that they would be strengthened with power through his spirit according to the riches of his glory. By this abundance or this wealth of glory, may you be strengthened in your inner being. Because our outer self is wasting away, 2 Corinthians 4.16 tells us, our inner self is being renewed day by day by day. So Paul prays to the Father that he would strengthen their inner being with power through his spirit so that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith. So as Christ dwells in the hearts of his people, he takes control over all of them. Paul's desire for the church in Ephesus, and again for us this morning, is that the Spirit would strengthen us so that Christ would have total control of our lives. This idea of dwell here is not simply a, a nomadic tent that Christ might sell up and have uh, set up, sorry, and have control over your life one day and then down the next. It's not, this is not a temporary thing. This, this idea of dwell here is a permanent residence that Christ would set up shop. He would build a home within you. Paul prays that Christ would build this permanent house and that he would exercise lordship over all of them, all their thoughts, all their choices, all their desires. And as this happens, again, we're just walking through Ephesians 3 here. As Christ dwells and works within these believers, their love grows. It blossoms. Their love for Christ grows. Their love for one another grows. And their love for the lost grows. One theologian said it this way, love is the soil on which believers are rooted and will grow, the foundation upon which they are built, rooted and grounded, grounded in love. And this does not happen in a vacuum. This understanding or comprehension, as, call, as Paul calls it, it happens with all the saints, verse 18. This is a communal prayer. Paul isn't praying that the church would go hide in their rooms and read their Bibles and then come out better people. There's these verbs all over this place. They're plural. He's praying for a group of people. He's praying for the saints together. We need the body of Christ as this all happens. So Paul nears the conclusion of his prayer in verse 19 when he prays that they would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Now he's not praying that they would love Christ more. He's praying that they might know and understand Christ's love for them. This is not merely a mental exercise, is it? We know this. To truly know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, we must experience it. Christ hasn't merely died for them as a historical, transactional event. Jesus became human. He lowered himself to become like us, and he humbled himself to the point of death on a cross, Philippians 2. And because of this, we now have a high priest, Hebrews 4, who is able to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. And now we draw near to the throne of grace when we need it the most. We need mercy and grace. That is good news. And now, here we are, the end of verse 19. It's about to get good, guys. You ready for this? Paul ends his prayer for the Ephesians here with perhaps the most audacious prayer ever prayed. Okay, you ready for this? The end of verse 19. That you may be filled with, with all the fullness of God. 
Did you catch that? Let's just sit there for a moment. That you may be filled with the fullness of God. Can you imagine for one moment what it might be like if you were filled with the fullness of God? Who does Paul think he is? This is a big prayer. Charles Spurgeon calls this the grandest gift for which Paul prayed. His prayer was like that ladder which Jacob saw, the top of which reached heaven and God, and the apostle at the foot of it. He was not asleep, but looking up with eager eyes and marking each rising rung of light. Martin Lloyd-Jones once preached on Ephesians 3.19, and he said this, There is nothing more sublime, more exalted and elevated in the whole realm and range of Scripture than this. It is the highest conceivable petition that a human soul can offer. There is nothing in the realm of contemplation or of meditation that is higher than this. This is the end of all theology, he argues. The acme of spiritual experience, the highest mountain peak on which men and women can ever stand in this life and world, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now, lest we misunderstand what Paul is saying here, he's not saying that we would be so emptied that we would become God. He's not praying that. Nor is he praying that, that God would physically become all things. We can get into some really weird heresies if we're not careful here. Pastor Ray Ortland helps us understand by saying that being filled with all the fullness of God equates to us being so satisfied in all that God is for us in Jesus that sin loses its power. The things of this world lose their charm and we find our final happiness in God. There it is, y'all. There it is. Paul's ultimate desire for this people that he loved so much is that they would become so satisfied in all that God is for them in Jesus that sin would lose its power, the things of the world would lose their charm, and they would find their final happiness in God. Okay, so it's about to get more wild. Okay, you ready, to, ready for this? Are you guys, are you guys, you think this is wild? I think this is pretty wild. Yeah? Yeah, like three of you think this is wild. Okay, it's about to get more wild. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. To go over the top here, he uses what many scholars refer to as Pauline super superlatives, okay? This is common in Paul's letters. So just like over the top exaggeration over and over and over. So far more abundantly here might look like this. Infinitely more than or to an extraordinary degree involving a considerable excess over that which would be expected. So the bottom line is this. Think about your highest thoughts towards God. What, what is like the, the greatest thing that you have ever prayed? God can do more than that. Whatever your highest thought was, God can do more than that. More than anything you ask or think, God can do more than that. What do you hope to, to see become of your kids, of your marriage, of your unbelieving neighbors and your family? God can do more than that, infinitely more than that. What have you prayed on behalf of this church or someone that you love? God can do infinitely more than that infinitely more. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work within us. Did you catch that? The same power that, that raised Christ from the dead, he's in us. He can achieve infinitely, abundantly, super amazingly more. That's my, I'm trying to define it here for Paul. Infinitely, abundantly, super amazingly more than all that we ask or think. So in college, I remember going to uh, a few retreats 
And uh, there was this one preacher or evangelist that would come and, and, and preach, and I was especially drawn to him. His name was John Randalls. Any, any of you guys know John Randalls? Anybody? No? Okay, that's cool. That's all right. Uh, John passed away a few years ago, and he was a uh, pastor for a while. He was a traveling evangelist, and he had roots in West Texas, and so he had an especially uh, big impact at the University of Texas Tech. So I, I probably got to sit under John's teaching for maybe a dozen or so times at these retreats or whatever, and, and John was, I, at least the way I remember him, he was this short, stocky man. He kind of looked like a wrestler. He's just like this bowling ball of a man. Um, and not, there, listen, there's nothing wrong with short, stocky men, okay? Um, I don't know why you guys are laughing. Anyways, in the, in the dozen or so times that I get to sit under John's teaching, I can't recall a single time that John Randalls did not preach on the power of God. Not one time. This bowling ball of a man, he would hunker down on the edge of the stage. He, he would get down on one knee. It, it'd set up shop, or he'd like dangle his legs off the stage. He'd passionately talk about the power of God. He'd say, dunamis, man, dunamis. Hey, it was funny. He's a, we made fun of him. He had this skullet, you know, like, like a mullet is a business in front, party in back. Skullet's like nothing in the front, party in back. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> anyway, that's, that's totally irrelevant. I really loved him, by the way. Anyway, so dunamis is the Greek word for power. And obviously where we get our word dynamite. He'd go on and on and on about the power of God. And why would he do this? Well, I believe it was because he understood it and he believed it. John Randalls knew that if we Christians, if we truly understood the power of God in our lives, we would know that there is no limit to what he could accomplish in and through us. We find that word dunamis in our passage here a few times. And I want to draw a special reference to verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power, the dunamino, at work within us. There is no limit to what God can do in us as a church because of the power of God at work within us. I believe that. And God is able to do far more super amazingly abundantly than all that we ask or think. Now, if you haven't wondered by now, you will be soon. What in the world does this have to do with our missional move pledge campaign and us needing to raise $185,000? It's not simply that God can wipe away our debt, though he certainly can. I'm not, I'm not using this text to say, God can take it all away by his power, so let him do it. That would be a worthy ask, but, but what is $185,000 to the God who created all things out of nothing? Who every family in heaven and on earth, is named after, right? Who owns the cattle on a thousand hills? What is $185,000? It's nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. It is nothing. So here it is, okay? Here, here's the pitch, if, you, if we're going to call it that. You, are you guys ready for the pitch? We're all building up to this. You ready for this? The power of God is with us here at Providence Road. That's it. That's the pitch. The presence of God and the power of God are with us here at Providence Road. Now, clarification. I am not saying that God is not with any other church anywhere, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm not even saying that God is with us especially more than other churches, okay? Just to be clear, praise God that he's not, right? That we're not the only true church. Praise God for that. What I am saying is this. I believe with everything in me that God's presence and his power is with us. 
So I wasn't around in the very beginning, Providence Road. Brooke and I came in about three and a half years ago. Um, But I can say with confidence that when the couples and individuals that began this church, when they sat down and they had hopes and dreams and they prayed big prayers, I can say with certainty that they had no idea what would happen. I'm pretty confident that they had no clue how the church would grow, who would come, who would be here even today. They They had no idea. Sure, they prayed big prayers and they had big dreams, but they were hoping and trusting and praying that God would do infinitely more than even those thoughts. But I have gathered some examples of the way in which that God has moved among us and how we've seen his power at work over the last eight, nine years. I wanna share some of those with you this morning. I sent out a brief survey last week and most of the responses I got were from people who have been here five plus years. And so for those of you who haven't been around that long or longer, this is a good uh, brief history of our church. So the first question I asked, what is your earliest recollection of something God did in you or through Providence Road that made you think only God could have done that? So here are, are some of the responses. So in those first two to three years, God always seemed to bring the type of people to the church that we needed at just the right moment. A lot of growth we experienced in those early years came from families who moved to Norman. They desired to be part of a good church, and they just stuck. Like They just committed to see it through. I think implied there is like this idea that we were a small church and there wasn't a ton going on, but families in the beginning just said, you know what, I believe God's here. I'm going to stick it out. God always provided the necessary funding despite our poor fundraising skills in the early days of the church. Now, I didn't write that. Somebody here at the beginning did. I'm going to... I'm not going to share names. So each time we outgrew a house or space, though, God gave us a new space that always fit our needs. Someone else says, I can think of multiple examples of people walking through suffering with their community and knowing that it was only possible through God's promises being preached daily through the body. What are the ways in which you've seen God grow and sanctify you, these individuals, in the entirety of your time here? Walking with people through pain has grown me, helping, pe- helping me to understand the real need of friendship and community. Someone else said, other women have pressed in when life has gotten tough. Through discipleship, they've challenged me to respond biblically, to not allow my emotions to keep me in the dark, and provide accountability to keep spiritual disciplines at the forefront. Since I first started coming, someone else says, I am more secure in who I am in Christ. Someone else I've understood to a greater degree that sanctification just takes a long time. And as a result, I have become a more patient person. God's given me a deeper trust in him as we ask and believe that he will lead his church. Next question. What are some ways you have experienced the faithfulness and kindness of God since you have been at Providence Road? I have experienced God's faithfulness and kindness consistently through our missional community and the way we all care for each other. The family aspect of Providence Road in our missional communities has been God's faithfulness and kindness to me as a single person alone in Norman. We've experienced this through community that walked alongside us during infertility, miscarriage, and eventually adoption. They mourned with us in our loss, and they celebrated with us in our joy of adopting. I can't put into words how special my baptism was and how much it meant to be able to tell the story of what God rescued me from and not have anyone look down on me. These are incredible stories, guys. How have you seen God's power at work within us lately? Seeing the continued growth in the church is a testament to God's presence 
at Providence Road. He's brought families to our missional community and also to the church who I thought I would never see attend any sort of Bible study or religious activity, and they have kept coming. What have you asked God to do in and through Prov Road? Has he answered those prayers? One person said, I've asked him to grow me, and he has in ways that I couldn't have imagined. I've asked him to bring all types of people to our church. He has, and he is. I've asked that we would see evidence of his presence, and that it would be abundantly clear that this is his church and not ours. He has answered that prayer in so many ways. So some other things that I either thought of or someone else brought to my attention, just real briefly here. Over our church's lifespan, we've seen 49 people baptized here at Providence Road. We sent our first family to plant a church two years ago, Chris and Kara Jane Brister to Auburn, Alabama. War Eagle. It's for you, Alan, where you are. Our partnership with the 405 Center has given us the framework and structure to serve the city of Norman in a number of ways. Guys, last year when we were looking to for ways in which we could serve the city and, and do it um, just well, holistically, we were like going in a totally, totally different direction. And God brought the 405 Center to us. And, and yeah, we're not like a bunch of people yet, and we're not impacting a ton of organizations yet, but it's given us the structure and the framework that we need. And I'm so thankful that God has brought that to us. Since 2012, we've had families move away that are now serving in significant roles in their churches in Alaska, Oregon, Missouri, Alabama, Texas, and Arkansas. And, and let's not miss this. We faithfully and systematically proclaim the gospel message, the good news of Jesus, every single week here. It's usually explicit, but at the very least, you hear it every single week as we take communion, the Lord's Supper. Every single week, you're going to hear that here. And this is probably my favorite story, okay? I'm a little biased. Never met this woman, Myra Elliott. Did you even know Myra Elliott? Okay, a few. Okay, that's great. So she was a widow in her 80s when she started coming to Providence Road. Uh, somebody shared this story with me, obviously, because I don't, I don't know her. She tended for, attended for about three years before moving to the Dallas-Fort Worth area to be closer to her kids. She gave faithfully to the church, but as she would give, she would give an extra $25 a month to go directly towards pastors. She and her husband had served on finance teams throughout the course of their life, and she decided to serve the pastors here in that way. But when Myra decided to leave the church, everything that she couldn't take with her, she just gave to the church. And not like just giving, like she just like bring her stuff to where we were at. She like, she said, hey, take my stuff, sell it, and I want it to go towards adoptions in the church. Okay, so because of this, a garage sale was formed and other people started giving their stuff. Okay, and so in total, around $8,000 was raised and over 5,000 of that was Myra who just gave away her stuff, right? and went towards the adoptions of Anna Schill, Clara Mosier, Jax Hager, and Lizzie Roberts, who has since moved to Alabama. But Anna, Clara, Jax, and Lizzie's lives have forever been changed in part because of the generosity of Myra Elliott. Friends, all of these things that I've just shared, these are not insignificant things. I believe these are stories of the power of God at work within us far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. So I ask one more question. What are you asking God to do in the days, weeks, months, and years ahead in and through us? And I, I would ask you guys, as you're hearing these things, what are the things that you would pray on behalf of Providence Road that he would do in the days ahead? So some of these things that were mentioned, I'm praying for healthy missional communities and more 
church plants, more daughter churches. I'm praying that we would see the body of Christ uh, love and serve outsiders and the underprivileged. I'm praying that our families would be bold in their parenting and discipling. I'm praying for God to continue to provide guidance and wisdom to the church and for us to be good stewards of his resources and that Norman would be positively impacted by Proverbs. Here's a really specific one. I'm asking God to use us to plant three new churches and have 40 missional communities by 2025. Can you guess who that one was? Yeah, a few of you can. I'm praying that we would see people find saving faith in Jesus, maybe even people who are churched but have never fully understood the gospel or truly been changed by it, and that the women of Prov Road would realize their full potential in what God asks and expects of them. So specifically now moving to our building, these walls, this place. What has God provided for us through this building? Well, he's given us a place to gather each week, okay? A place to worship every single week. We cannot understate that. He's given us a place to office. Our, our staff and our, our leaders meet here on a regular basis. He's given us a place for our middle school and high school students to begin meeting every single week for the first time in our church's history. From about mid-spring on, our middle school and high school students have been meeting almost every single week since early March, I think, early March. And this building has given us a place to meet. He's given us opportunities to be generous. So and we were in our like real church plant days. We were like taking stuff from everybody, you know, like going to churches and you're like, hey, can I borrow your baptistry? Hey, can I borrow this? Hey, can I borrow that? Can we have your chairs? You know, can we have everything you have? Because we have nothing. Um, <laughs> now that we have a space, He's given us the opportunity to now be generous. And it's, it's so cool. You guys don't get to see it all the time, but like people are coming to us now for a baptistry, which is just like a cattle trough, really. But like, uh, they're like, hey, can we borrow your trough? Um, but it's so cool that we get to be generous in those ways. You know, a few of the, the organizations that we've either been able to give our building to for free for a time being or very minimal cost. I, I thought of a few. Um, Campus Crusade, they're trying to start a high school ministry here in Norman. They meet in our bunker every single Thursday. I don't know if any of you guys would have known that, but they meet here every single Thursday for free. InterVarsity has met here. Uh, Care Portal and the 111 Project, those who advocate for foster care and adoption here in the state of Oklahoma, had a training here just last Saturday uh, right here in this space. Um, Kaleidoscope, Encounter OU, and I don't know if that's all of them, but those are the ones that I could think of. And he's given us an opportunity to witness the incredible generosity of God's people, of you guys, as well as his faithfulness to provide for us. So when we made this move, we committed to about $525,000, okay? And for some larger churches, that's like, you know, what are you talking about? That's nothing. For us at the time, our small little church, half of us are college students and we know you guys are broke. We're like, <laughs> you know, like kind of freaking out, like very anxious. And we were excited to be here, but that felt like a large debt for our small church, Within those first few months of raising, about two years ago, we brought in about $300,000 in one-time gifts and pledges through the end of 2019, which is great. Last winter, we decided to do a year-end push to try to knock down uh, some more of that principle. And internally, this just shows like my small faith. Like I, I proposed like, well, what if we put out a goal of $25,000? You know, that, that seems like, ah, that seems like a goal we can hit. Maybe we should, let's, let's, let's make it 50 like, we definitely can't hit that, but that'll, that'll give something for our people to, like, strive towards. Like, yeah, let's give. Try to get to 50000 Guys, in a month, we brought in $65,000. Um, 
we could give you, sto- I, I, I haven't shared Brooke and I's personal story of us raising support and coming here. Like we could share story after story after story. I'm sure the Hagers could, the Hilgenfelds could about how we personally raised support too. And over and over and over, God just provided for all of us in order to make this happen. I believe with everything in me that Providence Road is alive and well today because God is with us. And, and hear this, I believe there is no other explanation. Did you catch that? I believe there is no other explanation for Providence Road's existence than the simple fact that God is with us. And he can do, he can do and he does things far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. So again, does God do these kinds of things at other churches? Yes, praise God that he does. Is there anything special about us apart from the grace of God we've received through Jesus? In my opinion, no. Apart from the grace of Jesus, there is nothing special about us. But is this reason enough to give generously to our local church in order that we can see the kingdom of God advance both in us and through us as we serve the people of Norman? Yes, absolutely. So, to get into the details, here are some of our needs. These are the specifics of the loan. Some of you guys have heard this, so you may want to tune me out. I don't know. Some of you guys don't even care about numbers. You're like, what's two plus two? I don't know. So if that's you, check out for a second. I'll bring you back here in a couple minutes, okay? When we began, we were given a line of credit, which is simply a loan that you only pay interest on as you draw it out, okay? So let's just say they gave us a loan for $100. If we take out 50 to pay for this HVAC system, which it costs a lot more than 50 bucks, but if we took that out, we only pay interest on $50. When you pay that off, you don't have to pay interest at all, which is good news, okay? So the line of credit is beneficial for us, so as we pay it down, we don't have to pay the interest on that high amount anymore. Because of our positive giving history and knocking down our debt, the banker said, you guys are doing such a great job, I will extend you a third year, which is, is great news. It is fantastic news. It gives us another year to take down that principal, the debt that we owe, so long-term we pay less interest, okay? So the finance team and the elders were in full agreement that it, it is in Providence Road's best interest long-term to take this puppy down as much as we can, okay, through the end of 2020. Now the banker said, don't come ask again after that. Like, it's hard stop, line of credit closes at the end of next year, but we want to take pledges through the end of next year year. So we've, again, we've done an incredible job of fundraising so far. In two years, we only have $185,000 left, which is great. Now, what we're promising to you in all of this, you guys can come back in, those of you checked out. Two plus two is four. (laughs) Come back in. We will not do another campaign or pledge drive or fundraiser or whatever you want to call it. We will not do this again next year, okay? Hear that loud and clear. It's not happening. This is it, okay? So if you want to give a one-time gift or pledge to the end of next year, that is it. After that, we're rolling it into operating expenses, okay? So be confident. We are not coming back for your money for this ever again. We may come back for other things, not not this. We will continue to pray for wisdom and ask God to lead us as we make decisions on behalf of the church. I want to let you in on a little tension that the leadership feels regularly. Do we pay down debt on the loan or do we put more money to the ministries of the church? There's a constant tension we feel that as long as we have this debt, we can't do both. And we know that as we give to one, the other's gonna suffer, okay? So there's this constant tension of, 
gosh, we don't want our ministries to suffer. But we also don't want to pay all this interest on this loan. We don't want to have this forever. So there's this tension we feel. We know and feel the weight of these things, and our promise to you is that we will lead as God leads us. One exciting thing that I haven't even mentioned yet is that it is, it is likely that we will become a fully self-sustained church for the first time in our church's history in 2020. That's, yeah. Whistle again, man. That, yeah. That's awesome. Now, the budget is not yet finalized. We're still crunching numbers. We may not get all the way there, but we are going to at least be as close as we've ever been. Now, with everything that's in play, staff changes, the loan, all of it, that is remarkable, and it's God's gift. It's God's grace to us. Now, what we're asking of you. First, we're asking that you pray. We're asking that you pray that, that we would keep asking big things of God and that he would keep doing things far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Would you pray that God would continue to provide for us? Pray that God would continue to give the church's leadership wisdom and discernment as we steward the resources that God provides for us. And then we would ask that you pray about giving yourself, okay? That's number one, pray. Two, please give. (laughs) We're asking that you give, okay? There are pledge cards underneath your seats. I'm gonna have you take them out. Whether you're giving or not, I want everybody to grab a pledge card. There should be two in each rack, so there should be enough for everyone. I just want you to see them. Hold them in your hand. We are asking very specifically for either one-time gifts through the end of this year or a pledge through the end of 2020. We're asking that you fill these out and bring them back next Sunday and drop them off in one of our offering boxes, okay? If you forget, that's fine. You can just shoot an email to finance at Prov Road and you say, hey, me as an individual or my family, we're going to commit to giving blank for this amount of months or this uh, through the end of this year. We're going to give this. We put a letter together for you at the back in the connect corner. Um, If you know someone and you want to go advocate on Providence Road's behalf, take that letter and give that to someone you know that might be interested in giving towards the kingdom of God and our efforts here in Norman. College students, this would be a great thing for you to give your parents or grandparents, people you know that might give. We're gonna ask that you take that and write a handwritten note on the back of that. And you say, hey, Providence Road has done this for me. Or this is how this church has impacted me. Or this is, this is the fruits of hearing the, the gospel preached every single week. This is what it's done for me, mom and dad or grandpa and grandma. Please give to this church. $100, $500, whatever it is. We would love for you to do that for us. Drop off a pledge card if you want. We've got these other cards that we, that we put together last year, the mailers. Do you guys remember that? Feel free to drop that in there too if you want. The dates are obviously off, but they're there. When we began this two years ago, we gave you some ideas of ways in which you could sacrifice, ways that, ways that you could give. Uh, when we're like, hey, stop drinking coffee. Or, uh, I don't know, like don't eat out so much. Go see one movie a month instead of five. You know, we gave you some ideas. Um, since then... We have real tangible stories of ways in which you have given. And this is even better than stop drinking coffee. Some of you have gone to your employers and you've applied for grants that your companies give to nonprofits. You've done that for us. Unprompted, you just went and you asked for money and they gave big. College students, some of you have done what I just, what I just asked. You've gone to your mom and dad and you've said, mom, dad, this church has changed my life. The people in it, the missional community, the way that I've been impacted in this church it's just meant so much to me, would you give? And they have, and we have been blown away. It's been remarkable what your families 
have provided for us. We're, we're, I didn't mention this, but we, we're getting a sign this week. Like, it's kind of cool. Like, we're becoming a legit church now. Like, people, people walk by and they're like, eh, am I going to get mugged in here? You know? And you get close and you're like, oh, there's a decal on the front window. Um, but we're going to get a sign over the main entrance. It's going to be lit up. And that was because uh, one of you college students uh, initiated that process for us. And we were donated money so that could happen. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we're also getting new awnings. I don't know if you, like, it looks like our building's been depantsed. Like, that, uh, all, these, all these awnings have been, <laughs> have been just taken off. Like, somebody just, you know, caught us in the middle of the night and took off our awnings. Um, again, because of favor that we have with our landlord. We're, she's going to split that with us, and we're getting those replaced. So there's no more mold, and they're not ripped. And the outside of our building is going to look pretty. So we've had money gifted to the church in the form of stock. Last winter, when we, when we did that drive at the end of the year, some of our members went out and initiated a $20,000 matching gift on our behalf, which is how we were able to get to $65,000. Just unbelievable. And many of you, the overwhelming majority, and this is where my wife and I fit because we can't do anything else, many of you have given an amount on a monthly basis as you're able to. And you just committed every single month. We're gonna, we're gonna take out this, we're gonna give this to the church. Now, the bottom line is this, and I said this last week. We believe that God has strategically placed our local body of believers, the Church of Providence Road, right here in downtown Norman for a purpose. That living as disciples that make disciples, we will continue to seek gospel saturation through demonstrating and declaring the gospel in all of life. And as we do this, by the power of God at work within us to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, we will see many more people taste and experience freedom and joy in Jesus. And because we believe that, we believe that he is going to provide the necessary means for us to continue to gather, to love and serve one another, and to serve the city from the heart of the city. We're simply asking that you be a part of the means in which God decides to provide that. Now, we've said over and over these past few weeks, our primary goal in this series is not for you to give money towards our missional move efforts. That is not our number one goal. Jeremy preached a couple weeks ago at the start of this series. Our number one goal is that we as believers who have been saved by Jesus would become a generous people because of the generosity we've received in Jesus. If you do nothing else, we want you to become generous people because God saved you in Jesus. And he's been so generous to us. That was week one. Last week, part of moving towards maturity in this way is understanding that that we need to repent, that we need to fight of idolatry in our own hearts. We live in a culture that's just greedy, and sometimes we don't even feel it. Like this American dream that it seems like we're all kind of fighting for, we've got to fight against that. So Matt did a really good job last week. That, that sermon will be up this afternoon. You should go back and listen to that. If we're all living in response to the gospel of Jesus and all that he's done for us in all of life, including in regards to our finances, and we are actively fighting our idolatry and swimming against the cultural current of greed, and in which we live, we believe that our little church in downtown Norman, Oklahoma is going to be just fine, okay? We really believe that. So I wanna, I wanna end this morning with looking back again at the power of God at work within us. I wanna ask you a few questions. What are you currently disbelieving that God can do? I'll say that again. What are you currently disbelieving that God can do. Now forget the money, all that stuff I just talked about. I'm talking in you. 
what do you disbelieve that God can do in you? Or in your family? Or in our church? Is there something you would like to see happen here? And you disbelieve that God can do that? In someone you love, how about this one? In someone that's hard to love. That's probably the hardest. What do you disbelieve that God can do in someone that you don't currently love? What or who do you believe is out of God's reach? Believe the word of God this morning. Believe the word of God this morning. God can do incredibly, super abundantly more than all that we ask or think because his power is at work within us. Several years ago, John Piper said this. I think it was a tweet. I'm not sure. Um, what kind of a society are we live in? We're, we're quoting tweets now. Um, he said this a few years ago. God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you might be aware of three of them. I believe that. We never even got to verse 21. We need to get to verse 21. And I promise we're almost done. Right after Paul declares that God can do far more than we ask or think, according to his power at work in us, he responds in praise. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul's ultimate desire for the Ephesians that he loved so much is that they would become so satisfied in all that God is for them in Christ that sin would lose its power, the things of the world would lose their charm, and we would find in God our final happiness. God was able to do that in them, and he's able to do that in us. Do you believe that this morning? If you do, your response to him will be praise. Now to him be glory in the church in Providence Road Church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, again, we're so thankful for your word, and we're thankful that, God, I'm thankful that you own all things. You own all things. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. You created the world from nothing. Every family in heaven and on earth is named after you. I'm so thankful that you are sovereign and you're all-powerful. But I'll admit there's even times that I don't believe that you can do certain things. I, I have disbelief in my heart that you can change this person or that person, or I disbelieve that you can remove a sin stronghold in my own life or someone else's life. I disbelieve these things. God, would you help our unbelief? God, would you, would you continue to provide for us? So many ways, I feel like we're just this simple, small little church that's just faithful to come and proclaim the truths of the gospel every single Sunday. And we're gonna keep doing it until you destroy us or if you come back and Jesus calls us home. We're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna be faithful. We're gonna preach the good news of Jesus every single week. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters this morning. I pray for any pockets of disbelief in us this morning. You would send your spirit, that you would help us to believe that you can do great things, that you would help us to believe that you want to do great things, that you love us, that you love us more than we love ourselves. You care for us and you have desires for us more than we have for ourselves. That shouldn't stop us from asking or thinking big things about you. 
May we continue to do that. May we continue to pray and ask big things of you, but always know that you can do more than all of those things. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, so the night before Jesus went to the cross, he met with his disciples and he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which has been broken for you. And he took the cup and he held it out before his followers. And he said, this is my blood, which will be shed for you. I, I meant it when I, when I started and I said, if this is for all of you, covenant members, new guests, whatever. If you hear one thing this morning, would you hear Christ died for you? That Jesus loves you? And he loves you enough to go to the cross and bear your sins and take them to the grave and be the punishment, absorb the wrath of God, which you and I rightly deserved. We deserve that. And yet Christ with which the great love that he had for us, he took that on the cross. He was buried and he rose again. And as he was risen, he proved that, that death and sin could not hold him. That God's power is greater than that. And today, if you're in Jesus, God's power is working in you. Believe that. Now, if you're here this morning and, and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, you you're kind of confused about some of this and you think some of this stuff I'm saying is weird and you're not sure what bread and juice is all about, we're gonna ask that you pause for just a moment. Maybe you, maybe you pray for the first time and you ask God to, to show you what these things mean. Stick around and ask questions later. We would love to talk to you. But, but for now, as we take communion, this is gonna be for those who, who trust in Jesus and follow Jesus only. You don't have to go to church here all the time. If you're, if you're a believer and you're visiting, then come forward. Celebrate with us this morning. And let us do that as you come forward. You can celebrate knowing that your sins have been paid for. You're free in Jesus, okay? So we're gonna ask that you come forward and do that. We've got two stations in the back and two stations in the front. You guys take a few minutes, contemplate all these things, and when you're ready, you come forward and you take the Lord's Supper.